Hey, local listeners, this is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey and how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I want to put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. Hello, look, listeners. On this episode of Local First Podcast, I have Maggie Mongan of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc. Uh, this is really going to be an exciting story today. I'm really happy to have you on the show, Maggie. Uh, we're going to get into nuts and bolts of uh, Brilliant Breakthroughs. But before we do that, uh, welcome to Local First Podcast. Well, thanks. This is really fun being on this side of the mic, and I love sharing with new audiences. So thank you. That's awesome. So before we get into, you know, the nuts and bolts of uh, really breakthroughs and what you do for small business owners, you know, give a little bit of um, a background of, you know, who you are and, you know, how did you get to here? How did you get to this point? You want me to share that awesome? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> There's no better person to tell a story than the person that uh, wrote it. Well, okay, Rob, we have a couple different stories. Where would you like for me to begin? Wherever you would like. This is your interview. <laughs> well, would you like for me to give a quick snapshot? Yes. All right. So everyone, my name is Maggie Mongan, and I am the founder of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc. I'm all about conducting business in a new way. Some people say that I bolster business excellence. I sort of like that. That's a cool thing to say. I like that. That's sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I am a thought leader in the small business sector. And the reason why is because, oh, about 20 years ago, I started introducing a different way of conducting business. And I help my clients get rid of their business monsters that they created. Isn't that fun? Yes. <laughs> Think about it. We all have monsters. And um, I've had a lot of experience figuring out how to go ahead and help them build really peaceful and profitable businesses by aligning and simplifying their strategies and actions. So that's a little bit about me, but I bet you're going to want to ask more, aren't you? I, you know, I, I got to go back to the business monsters that just, that just caught me and, and explain to the audience what business monsters are. I'm, I'm sure I have some, but, you know, what, what would you consider, you know, some of the top business monsters that are out there that you see? Uh, well, actually, um, business monsters look different for every business and every person because we all bring our own stuff into business and uh, it usually doesn't help us out in our business performance. So some of the things that we see, a big one is lack of consistency, uh, people not showing up as much as they need to, but even more so when they do show up, they don't have clear messages and they're confusing their marketplace. Um, another aspect of business monster is in the profitability area. 
that's a weak spot for small business owners and entrepreneurs always. And um, another thing is they really don't know how to simplify their business because they don't know how to simplify, period. And <laughs> I see you're smiling, so you understand that. Um, when we simplify, we set ourselves up for success. And that's, that's a big one. I'm known for the quote, Rob, um, success isn't necessarily easy, but it can be simple. That's how we it. do business success. It. Yeah. That is so cool. So, I mean, how long have you been doing this? Um, just shy of 20 years. Shy of 20 years. My goodness. That, that is awesome. So, you know, getting through that 20 years, what are some, what has been some of your biggest challenges along that journey? Uh, right out of the gate, the fact that I was a woman and I am not a big woman, hear me roar because I believe in equality. But when I left corporate America, I rescued myself from corporate America. I was in burnout. I had health issues, you know, all the things that we commonly hear. And um, I left at the top of my game. I was the nation's go-to for what I specialized in. And when I left, I found out that there, and keep in mind, this is like at the very beginning of the century. So we didn't have the internet with all of these articles and everything and social media. Yeah. 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 You know, true pioneer back then. Right. And what I found out was the men in business supported each other. They had strong networks. They had leadership. They set up a hierarchy of mentoring along the way. Women didn't have that. Women, you know, just in the 80s were starting to forge their own way in. And those who were doing it were still fighting, competing with the men. So that there wasn't that um, mentoring guidance along the way to help other women who were entering business. So here I am doing my own thing. And one of the hardest things was finding mentors. So I was a very early adopter to tech because I had to figure out where to get solutions for the problems I had. So I spent many years banging my head against the wall. That's one of the reasons why I do what I do is we don't have the opportunity to have a long learning curve now in order to have a successful business. So um, I help my clients shave years off of that learning curve. And what, I, what, what does success look like for you and your clients? Oh, well, success, again, just like the monsters, <laughs> <laughs> has many shapes and sizes. Yes, One, to me personally, success is both profitability and peacefulness. And the reason for that is I see plenty of people having wonderful profit, but they're beating their brains out. They are far from peaceful. So I've adopted simplicity to go ahead and help me build that peacefulness and sustain it while I build profit. And everybody says, oh, profit, profit's such a bad thing. You shouldn't be focused on numbers. And I'm here to tell you, profit is not a dirty word, nor is success in business. Because if you don't have profit, you don't have business. That's right. That's right. So th those are the common things that I see happening out there. And it shows up very differently. Um, prof, uh, productivity, which people 
tend to say time management is a big one. And, and I have, I have held oh, just really strong on this all these years that it's not about time management. We can't manage more than 24 hours in a day because we're not given more than 24 hours in a day. It's productivity management, that self-management that we need to focus on. And in volume two in our book series, I wrote a whole chapter on that because as a society, we're addicted to busyness instead of success. So I see that commonly and people don't understand that their, um, their productivity is a reflection of whether they know what their values are or not. And that's that's why I wrote about values in uh, volume four mm -hmm. and helping everybody understand how to use them for marketing, for productivity, all sorts of different things. So the name of these books is it's brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owners. Did I get that right? Small business owner. Yes. Okay. All right. And, and the juice is in the subtitle, which is fresh perspectives on profits. I like that. So how, tell us the story and how you got, you know, how you, how'd you get started with, uh, you know, creating this, this best-selling book, business book series? <laughs> okay. Everybody, you ready for this? Because you're just about to go down a lesson of sales and marketing that you didn't know you were going to get. <laughs> Love it. Can't wait. Okay. I'm going to mix up this story with six steps to sales and marketing improvement so you can boost your profitability, okay? Okay. All right. So step one happened about 10 years ago. And, and here I was 10 years into coaching small business owners and executives. Um, well, executives were before that in 2008. That pretty much cleaned up the executive coaching market. <laughs> So I pivoted back in 2008 to small business owners. And when I did, I noticed that there was a gap in the small business sector, which was my marketplace. And to be clear, I wanted to find that small business is, according to the Small Business Administration, is defined as one to 499 employees. They say dollars don't matter. Employees do. So... Um, I know that most of us, when we think of small businesses, we're not necessarily thinking of up to 499 employees. Are you? No, <laughs> that, that seems a bit overwhelming. That doesn't seem small at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's like corporate. We know this. Yeah. Okay. But yet that's the definition. And, you know, I agree because I too thought it was a very different number, but what, um, the truth of the matter is most of us think of small business as like maybe 15 or 20 people. And, and when we do that, we're not far off from a term that most of us don't even know exists. And again, this is what my research revealed, which is there's something called micro-businesses. And a micro-business officially is one to nine employees, but oftentimes people say that it's one to 16. That's not the official definition, but hey, we'll go with uh, what perception is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so probably back to the original concept here. Um, the first step that we need to take, especially in sales and marketing for business, for a successful business adventure is to identify a problem or a gap in the marketplace. Makes sense, doesn't it? There you go. Okay. So then that means once we have that done, we can move into step two 
And that is we need to do our research to assure that the problem or the gap is a real need, real need, not what we think, and large enough marketplace to support it. Now, this took me a couple of years to understand what was and wasn't happening in the marketplace for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And even more importantly, what was a better way to provide a favorable solution for them? And this wasn't a small feat because it's a huge marketplace. Um, again, research revealed something I didn't realize. 99% of all business is small business. And once we slow down and think about that, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now here comes step three. You have to proclaim the problem or the gap. So I noticed a gap between true experts out in the marketplace that were serving small business owners. And I noticed that small business owners were definitely underserved. And I still see this as a shameful situation because 99% of businesses are underserved. Now, I get it. We, um, a lot of us go where the big money is, and that's big business, right? So I understand that. However, I truly believe small business is the backbone and accelerant of our economy. And that's why I did all this. It's we good stuff. This is really good. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're listening, you should be taking notes. <laughs> I'm I got two pages down already. I, and I got three more um, steps to go to. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll get a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, step four. Everyone ready? Conduct research. This is something that a lot of people skip. Conduct research for an appropriate solution for your customer's preference. Not your preference, their preference. You have to do the experiment. And it turns out when we did the research, it revealed that the marketplace wanted a book. And that's why the book became the foundation of our series. I was way off on what I thought it was. And it's a good thing I did the research or hmm, probably not so much success, right? Yeah. Okay, so here we are. It's a book now. That's what I found out. And that's what the solution was. The book was our product. And then quickly it became a full brand. The book's the anchor of our brand. And before volume one released, we quickly added a mobile app for the book series, its authors, and our weekly podcast. And we started a weekly podcast. Now you want to say, why? Come on, Rob, say why. Say why. Tell me more, Maggie. Why did you start a weekly podcast? (laughs) Because it was what the marketplace revealed, and they wanted a book designed as a a guide. And then we had the conversations with all of the authors to talk more about their chapter and, and their topic. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay, so now here we are, step five. Ooh, this is where the money happens. <laughs> Everybody's probably really ready to write notes now. <laughs> so today in business, it's all about profitability, and we don't have the opportunity to go ahead and poke around at becoming profitable. We have to hit it right out of the gate. And in 2020, probably more than ever, this has become evident to small business owners. So in order to have profitability, you need to have high sales numbers. In order to have them, you have to have good, strong sales and a strong process. And here's what's important about number five is you need to show up consistently in the marketplace. 
So the tip, this is a really important tip. If you want to get invited to the big kids dinner table, focus on consistency and refinement. That's that experimenting again. Keep refining it till the marketplace rewards you with nice dollars and visibility and referrals. So now we have one more to go. One more. It's exciting. Disney, get the drum roll out. <laughs> and you should because it's all about success and celebration. So you were right on. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 been a tough one for me, Maggie, is uh, celebrating small small successes. <sighs> And that's something that I, I, I continue to fight with because I think that's just for my mindset is like, that's just supposed to happen. That's just the process. And I don't take, I don't take that step back to go, you know what? Celebrate that. Even if it's just something simple. It is every day we should be celebrating. Okay. We get beat up enough by everything out there. And if we're not taking a moment to put on our awesome cape and go, oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> it feels so good and celebrate. Guess what? Nobody else will do it for you. No, it's it's highly unlikely. Every once in a while, we get those right. Yeah, um, but more than um, we need to. Uh, let me say that again. I said that wrong. I'm trying to say three things at once. <laughs> Far more than we need to stop and celebrate success, we don't, okay? And it, it's usually the little wins. I remember when I was working commission sales, I would, it was so funny. Every day we would all walk out of the office and you could tell who, who made the big sale straight ahead and everyone else just sort of has their head down like, oh, <laughs> time to make the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun to watch. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and they laughed at me. But, you know, when you do your homework with what I just described, steps one through five, Rob, what happens is you will hit success if you can to consistently show up and refine. So we were blessed with success. Um, volume one was a multiple number one bestselling rankings. And we continue to do that each year. And our goal and see, sometimes people forget about their goals. Our goal wasn't to become number one. Okay, that's part of the goal along the way. But the real goal, the anchoring goal, the true objective was to really help small business owners win big in the 21st century with fresh perspectives, not the old techniques from last century that they were using, because they don't work anymore, by the way. Um <laughs> So when we did that, the marketplace rewarded us. And I want to share a fun fact about all it. this. Yeah, go for it. The whole book series was not designed to be a book series. Did mm. you know that? I did not know that. What no. changed that? Um, success. <laughs> <laughs> success and demand. Okay, so the marketplace came back and said they wanted more. And I was like, okay, fine, because I just wanted to get a couple of good friends who were brilliant practicing experts to come together. Let's write this little book. Let's have some fun. And it turned into something that's now four years old and four volumes deep. So sort of funny. Indeed. And it consistently rocks it because we still are doing research. That's really excellent. You know, I've, I've been on this journey with you, just helping out in the back end of it with um, Dennis and Exacta and Dr. Hill and stuff like that. And it, it, there's a lot of work that goes into what you guys do. So, I mean, I, I can really appreciate that. 
Why do you release the book in November? Oh, this is a simple and short one. Okay. <laughs> November, most people don't know this. And again, research revealed it, uh, is National Entrepreneurs Month. Okay. And, you know, everybody works hard. So why not give them a little something to boost their performance? I like that. And you have your summit in May. Is that correct? We do. Our summit is in May. And that's like halfway through the year, almost exactly mm -hmm. six months. And we do it during small business week. Okay. Haha. Uh -huh. See that magic? That's like uh, utilizing what's already out there to amplify your success. I love it. I love it. So these six points, you know, they're amazing. Like I said, I got two pages of notes already. <laughs> and you, you didn't really, you know, just wake up one day and said, I'm going to write a number one uh, best-selling series, you know, tell me more, more about the model and the demand it takes uh, as a thought leader for small businesses and what you've learned along the way. Okay. I'll keep this really short because in step five, I said, or what I've shared so far is experiment, refinement, research, consistency. Mm -hmm. I should have said research first. Okay. And those are the secrets to winning. I will share that. I, you know, I, I've done many brands over the years. I've run multiple businesses. And that always is what shares where you need to focus and where you don't. And again, if we don't get clear on what it is, we're spending too much time and money promoting the wrong things and confusing our marketplace. And perhaps maybe even not getting the profit that we need to. So what I was seeing in the market was there were a lot of small business owners who were banging their head against the wall. They were frustrated. They had really good offerings, but they couldn't get ahead of the game and move to success. And success means many different things to many people. But in the truest sense, let's talk about business success is defined as profit. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is the primary deterrent in business. Uh, did I say deterrent? Oh, let me say that. That was incorrect. Deterrent to determine if you're profitable or not success. Okay. <laughs> I can't get that right. Oh, oops. <laughs> so it, it is the primary goal of all businesses. And everybody was confused and kept saying, oh, there's so much to do. I have too many hats to wear. Um, I can't do this all. And that's when we didn't even have social media yet. Okay. <laughs> Think about that. So I spent a lot of time thinking about business models. I have a master's in management and frameworks as to what really would work successfully for people. And I, what I ended up doing and doing a lot of experimenting in my own business and with clients was I came up with a propriety framework that's titled the four performance pillars for small business success. And that juicy subtitle of our book is the four performance pillars. <laughs> <laughs> Profitability, people, productivity, and peacefulness. And it. you might be a little surprised on what they are, but I knew this was it. And I'm, I'm very unconventional because I know that when we do unconventional things with our business, we get unconventional results. And if we're doing those other points that I mentioned earlier, that means successfully unconventional <laughs> results. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and, 
in our introduction, just yeah. to share with sure. the book, um, the introduction holds that framework and explains it so everybody can see how they can start simplifying their success. What are some of the topics of the book this year for volume four? Oh, well, can you handle it? I'm waiting. Okay. Profitability performance pillar. We have two authors. One is Anne Mank, and she talks about your financial freedom trail. So it's all about mindset, strategy, and tactics. And she does it very differently from most of those financial people. She tells a really cool story about a character and you go on a journey and learn with that character. So that's neat. Uh, then the second chapter is by Mark Bader. And he is an extraordinary executive recruiter. And he's all about how do businesses get the right people into their business. And he shares, it's not what you think. It's not what you've been doing. Stop doing the old way. This is a long-term strategy of how you find uh, people that are indispensable, not irreplaceable. <laughs> Love it. So that's performance pillar number one. Ready for two? Ready for two. Okay. Two is all about people. And chapter three is The Hidden Cost of Doing Business by Susan McCustion. She's a returning author. She was in volume two. And she says, uh, there's a better way of, of doing business with your people. Move beyond the diversity and inclusion models because you're losing money because you're not doing the people thing right. So she talks about it's time to move to the resilience profitability process of compassionate diversity. And then you just have to read her chapter because I can't go further than that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have... Uh, Dr. Shalini Nag, who is in chapter four, and she is all about business conversations. And she says, if you don't get this right, you're eroding and impeding your people and your business performance. And she has some very neat framework in there that's practical, <laughs> which is unusual. Then um, when we move into the performance pillar of productivity, Here's a fresh perspective. Have you ever thought that the imposter syndrome might be impeding your productivity? That's interesting. It is. It is. And we have a returning author, Mike Raber, talk about how it overshadows your influencing impact. And then we have chapter six, which is penned by Dr. Dennis Hill. And he talks about integrating systems and that we may have some obstacles that we don't realize we have in what um, we tend to call our, our tech stack or our business operations. So he said, once we are better and we integrate that, we can have much more profitability and productivity in our business. So that's a real power move today. Uh, chapter seven, I'm getting tired of talking here. <laughs> we got two more to go. Two more to go. Let's go. Uh, after this one. Okay. Confidence, confidence, confidence. Uh, this is a dynamic husband and wife team who have both had to rebuild their business from the ground up. And now they help together. They've created another business to help others build their confidence. It's so slick. You just got to read it. Um, and then our last performance pillar, da, 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 peacefulness. And we have Dr. June Shimizu talk about how to discover your quantum nature 
and improve your performance because after all, you small business owners are your greatest asset. And then um, the last chapter is mine. And I talk about how valuing your values adds value to your business. And all the top CEOs talk about values and they say that it's their secret sauce to success. Yet most guides won't even touch us with small businesses because it's about the art of business. So I share what the research reveals and then a strategy about how a small business owner can start this in- inquiry. Hmm. Okay, that's it. I'm being wow. <laughs> it it that's, is. It's that, power packed. That's really power. Like you said, power packed. There's a lot of great stuff in that book. Uh, so how do um, individuals or listeners get a hold of a, a copy? Oh, well, this is going out on release day, right? Yes. Okay. So that's cool. 11, 11, 20, 20. Pretty cool release day dates, I might say. Okay. <laughs> so on Wednesday, the 11th of November, you can go directly to Amazon and you can type in brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. And when you see that, probably several different volumes are going to come up. We have a blue, a green, a red, and this year we have amethyst purple. We're releasing volume four today. And that's the one I just shared with you, the purple one, volume four. So if you go today to Amazon and you click on that purple one, you can get the ebook or digital book for only 99 cents. 99 cents. That's a steal. I know. I know. Ann Mank, the, the money lady, she says that's even less than the dollar menu at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you guys got to go out to amazon.com, search for Brilliant Biz. No, Brilliant Breakthroughs. Brilliant Breakthroughs for a small business owner. And look for the purple book for this one. So that's for the volume four. I love it. And I'll put all that information in to make sure it's in the show notes as well. Yay, thank you. Uh, So what I'd like to do is I have a couple, just just a couple. I have like three extra questions that are just kind of little rapid fire questions. Um, but before I get into that, um, you get to ask me one question. Any question, I'll do my best to answer. What's your favorite food? Ooh, depends on the day of the week. Um, <laughs> There's a story there, I know. Yeah, <laughs> probably pizza. Huh. I, I could probably, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cook, so I'm always cooking something different. And, you know, last night I had uh, a batch of jambalaya and it was just awesome. And, you know, I'm always, I'm always cooking. So it's like, you know, whatever I'm making that night, but, you know, I can count on Thursday. I was being good because it's going to be pizza and I don't, I usually don't mess that up too much. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that about you. That is really, really cool. I love it. I love it. So My just, favorite too. <laughs> what, yeah, your favorite too is pizza? Yeah. I've even run a couple pizza joints. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know that throw the dough up in the air while it's spinning and catch it on one finger. I got that dialed in. Got that down? I have to show you sometime. You got to get that on video. (laughs) So, what obsessions do you explore on evenings and weekends when you're not writing books? (laughs) Or blogs. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I have a funny little mind. I like deep things. I like geology and I like stargazing and they couldn't be more different except for they're very deep. Yeah. 
That's wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Geology and stargazing. I love it. What topic would you speak at if you were to give a TED talk outside of your expertise? Mm, You know, this side of my expertise, my other side is I'm an interfaith minister, a peace minister. Okay. So it would um, be about how to generate more peace, which is tied to simplicity, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, I I would think it would be about um, how, oh, Oh, what, what, what is so important? How to help others learn how to critical think, do critical thinking better. It's a lost art. And I think that, I think it would solve a lot of our conflict. Yes. I'd like that to have an open conversation. And the last one, if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere, what would it say? Shine brightly. Shine brightly. How did I know that? Be brilliant. Shine brightly. Be, be really shine lightly. I love it. Maggie, thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. I mean, this has been a, a ton of information. The book is coming out. I'm going to make sure you get my copy of that as well. And, you know, make sure that, you know, you guys listen um, and take a look at the show notes and make sure that you, you know, contact uh, Maggie. Make sure you get your book. Um, also, if you like what you hear, make sure you share it with your friends, your family. I always love your feedback on the show. If you're looking to find me on social media, just look for social, <laughs> look for Local First Podcast. I'm done <laughs> just about everywhere. So Maggie, thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. I truly appreciate your time today. Well, thank you. This is wonderful to share and uh, I hope it's added value to everyone. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Maggie, um, I'd like you to um, go a little bit deeper on what it means to show up consistently. Okay, that's a really deep one. So you were right on that. (laughs) But it's one that makes a difference, not only for us personally, but all the people that we hang out with all day long, both in person and virtually. Consistency is what simplifies our lives. We, t- we learn as children that we should have routines. As adults, we call them systems, but it's all about creating consistent habits. And when we get really good at that and we show up consistently, we don't confuse people. They know exactly who we are. They know exactly what to expect. And it doesn't get easier than that. I love it. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Maggie.